You're listening to the Cultivating Careers and Alternative Proteins podcast, a podcast which features students and early career professionals who work in the alternative protein industry, where they discuss their journeys and deliver advice on how you can start a career in this revolutionary field. Most companies in the alternative protein sector are startups, and as such, have to raise money to grow to continue their business. Although there is some government support for these companies, most of them rely on private investors to provide funding. However, obtaining capital is not an easy task, which is why investment is such a key component to the success of the industry. Investing is not often something that comes to mind when people think about alternative proteins, especially since so few companies are publicly traded. However, there are many important venture capitalists and organizations which are ensuring that these companies remain well-funded. One such organization is Blue Horizon, a global food, agricultural, and bioeconomy impact investment firm based in Zurich, Switzerland. Today, they have deployed over $850 million into an ecosystem of over 75 companies across six continents. I had the opportunity to speak with Nate Crosser, a principal at Blue Horizon, about his experience focusing on the investment side of the alternative protein industry. Nate also writes the environmental biotechnology newsletter, Fifth Industrial, as well as previously worked at the Good Food Institute and holds a Juris Doctor in Commercial Law. All right, here's my interview with Nate. Welcome, Nate, to the Cultivating Careers in Alternative Proteins podcast. I am very excited to speak to you today and learn more about the investment side of things in the alternative protein industry. Yeah, hi, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm glad to be here on the podcast. Excellent. So as a starting off question, why did you decide to pursue a career in the alternative protein industry? And how did you go about getting into the industry? My professional story is that I trained as a commercial lawyer, went to law school for that, and ultimately decided that that wasn't a path that I wanted to take due to just kind of personal fit reasons. I was much more interested in startups and through an internship I had during my last year of law school at a small venture capital firm in the Midwest where I'm from, I learned that venture capital is a really interesting space to work in and I liked working with startups, but that was mostly funding software companies that I didn't think that actual technology was all that interesting or there was all that much impact from that, although it was a fantastic learning experience and obviously important work. But this was right around the time when lots of new applications of biotechnology were also becoming popular. So IndieBio was really gaining a lot of steam. If you've heard of them, the first kind of like cultivated meat companies were raising their seed rounds. And so I really wanted to work in the biotech space, ended up working at a university biotechnology incubator, mostly professors with drug companies, that kind of thing, which was much more interesting technologically, but still didn't quite have the impact that I wanted to have with my career. And I was independently very interested in working to help animals and to fight environmental degradation. And those things kind of came together for me when I learned about the alt protein space. I think it was uh, <laughs> probably a Bruce Friedrich podcast of, of some sort where I really got excited about alternative proteins. I realized I could use uh, biotechnology background, startup support background to help 
support those causes that I cared about in this emerging field of alternative proteins, which I also saw as a great opportunity to have professional opportunities in an emerging growing field. So I spent probably a year trying to get a job at the Good Food Institute because I thought it was kind of the epicenter of the industry and it would put me in a good position to to have a career in the space and I eventually was able to get a job there. And that's kind of how I, I landed in all proteins. Wow. I admire your persistence. Yeah, I think I applied three times. Yeah. I'm impressed with your drive for impact being your main motivation for getting into the alternative protein industry. And I'm curious to know why you think the alternative protein industry is particularly impactful. Yeah, I mean, look at what it's transforming. Our food and agricultural system is the single largest impact that humanity has on the planet. And it's tied to pretty much the vast majority of environmental, social, animal welfare goals that you might have. So whether it's you care about biodiversity preservation and ecological preservation, or you care about reducing suffering, or you care about defending the long-term prospects of humanity's survival by preventing pandemics, like all those things, right? Or worker justice issues, all proteins is a strong tool that can be used to promote those goals. So that was really, I think, the main appeal. How many issues it kind of was solving all at once. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And I think that it is a very impactful industry to be working in. And very nascent, which is both good and bad, right? It's good to be an early career professional or somebody who's bringing expertise from other sectors in. But alternative proteins itself is the idea that we can use advanced technologies to produce protein much more effectively. That idea is commercially only been attempted probably for the last 10 years. I mean, there are examples of companies like corn in the 1960s to the 1980s pursuing mycoprotein, but those have been kind of isolated incidents. But really the whole all proteins as a sector is a phenomenon less than 10 years old. Yeah, and I guess it makes the space ripe for investment. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess on that note, maybe you can explain more about to the, the listener, because I'm sure most people aren't very familiar with the investment side of alternative proteins, how that works and how it's been shaping up over the past 10 years. So with a lot of emerging technologies like GPS or internet or photovoltaic energy, a lot of times government plays a really important role in providing the money to early innovators in those important spaces. But almost as important, if not more important, is the private funding that a lot of times comes even earlier than government in certain spaces. Like if you look at alternative proteins, it really wasn't, at least in the U.S., getting very much government support, except through a couple of isolated Department of Energy grants. For example, USDA wasn't really supporting it. You know, there was some NSFI core, that kind of thing going on. But really, venture capital is what provided the funding for the first alternate protein companies to take off. If you look at Mark Post's burger, the guy who formed Mosameet, 
I don't think that money came from government funding. I think that came from Sergey Brin, probably through his venture firm. Basically, venture capital exists to provide a very specific kind of capital with a high risk profile and a high return profile, which makes it perfect for emerging technologies, right? Like we're comfortable with a risk that a technology might not work or a market might not be as big as we thought it was because there's an opportunity that the companies that we invest in are going to grow very large, which is kind of, uh, I think the hope with alternative proteins is that investors believe that these very niche products and niche technologies that still make up in the meat alternative example, less than one of the global market, we think that that can become the main source of meat proteins in the world. And that's kind of what motivates those investments. All right. So now I want to focus a little bit more on the work that you do and specifically your experiences. And thought maybe you could explain more about your day-to-day life as a principal at Blue Horizon. And maybe you can explain a little bit more about what Blue Horizon does. So Blue Horizon is a global impact investment firm based out of Zurich, Switzerland, with the mission to accelerate the transition to a new sustainable food system. We mostly do that through venture capital and private equity investments, as opposed to investments in the public market, like stocks or bank loans, those kinds of things. We have historically been very alternative protein focused. The firm was an early investor in Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods, Just, Clara, Geltor, et cetera, but has definitely blossomed into a full food and egg and bioeconomy investment firm that will always have alternative proteins as a core part of what we do. We've got a rather big portfolio by now, about 75 companies across six continents, basically at all stages from the pre-seed stage all the way through full acquisitions of companies through a vehicle called the Live Kindly Collective, which was the first private equity roll-up in the alt-protein space that was founded by Blue Horizon. So what I do there is I'm a member of the investment team, and specifically I focus on seed investments. So my job is to identify investment opportunities and then negotiate deals and kind of bring companies into our portfolio and then support them after that point. So I'm executing venture capital investments in very young companies, usually just getting a product to market or they don't necessarily have a product to market yet. It's a lot of very high technology companies, all with a goal of having a big impact. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into your background and experience and career history. So could you tell me more about how your experience at GFI helped you to further develop your career and what were some of your learnings from your experience there? Yeah, absolutely. My time at GFI was immensely valuable. It was a really incredible place to work and gave me a really strong knowledge base and network in the alternative protein space, both of which kind of compound on themselves. When you understand a space well, any kind of new information that you get, you can really effectively mentally categorize and 
synthesize new information based on that. So that's very valuable. And then obviously a network has increasing marginal returns. The more people you know, the more interconnections you have and the more ability you have to facilitate new connections. So that's also very valuable. The Good Food Institute taught me a lot about how an excellent organization is run. They have really good operational frameworks and really good company culture policies. So that was really valuable to have. Probably one of the most valuable things I did at the Good Food Institute was draft the various state of the industry reports. If you've read the state of the plant-based food industry report or fermentation report, or cultivated meat report, I was involved in the, the drafting and editing of those when I was there. Yeah, those are very impressive. And uh, I'll provide links to those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. It's a great resource for somebody who wants to know what all the companies in this space are and who maybe has the most funding and who the investors are. I always point people to that resource, which they update every year. But yeah, I mean, that was really valuable to create a report like that. And I think that somebody who wants to get involved in a new industry or get involved in the alternative protein industry, you know, creating thought leadership pieces or creating reports or finding some area that you want to track and really become an expert in is really valuable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know you learned a little bit there about investments in those state of the industry reports. What do you think is the reason why investment-related roles are so important for the alternative protein industry? Investment-related roles are definitely very important for the alternative protein industry, especially to the extent that those investment-related roles are helping bring in new capital to the ecosystem that can be used to fund the companies and the operators and scientists and engineers and marketers and other professionals at those companies bringing money into the space so that they can have the real impact. Definitely the most important work in the space is the people actually working at the companies, developing new products, bringing them to market, and helping deliver the possibilities of this industry at scale. Yeah, those are key, but we're here to support. I think we play a good role in terms of not only providing money where other parties won't. Like I said, venture capital is a very highly risk-tolerant asset class. We will give money to organizations that banks absolutely wouldn't or in amounts that individual HL investors cannot. So it helps kind of keep the lights on at these really early stage companies or companies that don't have a great path to revenue right away. Help keep the lights on. And also we're in a good position to be kind of uh, ecosystem builders or ecosystem hubs where we have lots of community to retailers or equipment suppliers or engineering companies or other strategic partners to the companies that we invest in in the space, just owing to the fact that we have usually dozens, if not more, of companies in our portfolio, and therefore those parties are interesting with us and we can help facilitate connections. We also have kind of a bird's eye view. When a mycelium company comes to us and tells us their strategy, we can kind of compare how the 10 other similar companies that we've been monitoring over a number of years, how they've gone about things. And we can maybe help guide that company into a direction where it's got a unique proposition compared to those other companies, for example. So I think being 
a member of these teams in a very limited way where we can get to know them and support them. That's valuable, but probably more value in the fact that we're working with many companies at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to your earlier point, the, the researchers and scientists are the important ones doing a lot of the, the work I can't do without them, but without any capital, there'd be no fun for them to do that research. So I think it's that is also extremely important. Mm-hmm. It's a, a living ecosystem. Every single component has to be working or none of it works. And so far, for the most part, it's working, which is just delightful. Yeah. And that you were able to work with a lot of companies, I think it's really useful and beneficial because you can help new companies learn from the mistakes of other companies you work with and so they can raise capital more effectively. Yeah, it's a good job that appeals to people who like to go a mile wide and an inch deep and like to be working on lots of different problems and always constantly learning versus somebody who really wants to go very deep on one specific problem or really focus a very small group of people for a long period of time. It's a different kind of thing than working at a company. Where do you see yourself as well as the alternative protein industry in the future? I definitely see myself staying in the food and agriculture technology industry, probably as an investor, but I I don't know. I just, all I know is that I really want to stay in industry because I think it's growing really rapidly. The impact is really huge and the current practices are very horrible and it is totally right for disruption. And there's a lot of really fascinating technologies and business models out there now that can help achieve that. So that's about all I know for sure there. Where I think the industry is going, I think we're going to get more of the same. There's going to continue to be companies forming in basically every product category that you can imagine and every ingredient that you can imagine and more, which I think is fantastic. I think that there's going to be a lot more biomanufacturing companies that basically precision fermentation as a production methodology for producing proteins, lipids, already used to make specialty chemicals and pharmaceuticals, like that is going to become a major production platform across industries in the coming years. And I think that'll be even lots of college majors. There might be a biomanufacturing engineering degree in a few years. I know there's biomedical engineering, maybe that covers some of that, but that's definitely one thing that's going to continue to happen. And I don't know if this is going to happen in the next year or two, but I also believe that alternative proteins is going to internationalize more than it has. I mean, you already see a lot of brands forming in South America, Central America. There's not as many brands in like China or India or most of Southeast Asia, but you're starting to see more and more. There's a few in Africa, but I think that's really picked up recently. So I'm very hopeful that homegrown startups in all those places that aren't basically North America and Europe, I really think those are going to take off in the coming years. So hopefully this isn't just a podcast that's relevant to Americans. Yeah, I'm very excited to see how that shapes up over the next few years as well. So what advice do you have for job seekers in the alternative protein industry? Job seekers in the alternative protein industry should 
I guess I'm assuming this person is maybe in school or early career, but I would definitely continue to follow your passion and you will find a way to apply it in alternative proteins or in any industry that you want, unless it's like something incredibly rare in each, and then which case you might even find a, a really interesting and valuable way of applying it. I don't think that somebody should pursue a field of education just because they think it's necessary to participate in an industry. I think the best thing that we can have is a diversity of backgrounds and interests and people with all kinds of expertises coming into all proteins. So I think just do you would be one thing, but you're also going to maybe have to be creative as well. Like create a blog or something like that. Something that I did early in my career as well was creating a blog, trying to highlight technologies that I thought were interesting. You could have a podcast like you have. You could start trying to go to industry events and network. That's probably one of the best things you can do to get in the space is to get FaceTime with people who could potentially hire you. I definitely didn't have the wherewithal to do that kind of thing when I was college age, but that would have been really helpful and probably saved me a lot of pain. There's lots of great resources out there. The Good Food Institute has a lot of good resources for job seekers. Blue Horizon actually just launched a jobs board and a talent network that has about 200 jobs available. You can also sign up to have recruiters reach out to you proactively at jobs.bluehorizon.com. But yeah, just be patient. Like you might not necessarily get into the industry right away, but if you end up working in another space for a year or two, you're going to have even more valuable diverse experiences to bring into the space when you do come in. People should be thinking about things in probably five-year intervals and don't feel too stressed out if you can't get your dream job right away. Yeah, definitely. Don't get too discouraged early on. And as we discussed, this industry is only going to be growing. So there will be plenty more opportunities, if not now, definitely in the, the near future. Absolutely. So if someone wanted to get into a similar role that you have, what types of skills or what sort of paths should they follow? For people wanting to work in investing and specifically venture capital, it's a very niche business in a very niche asset class. So it's not like there are necessarily majors or typical paths or hiring programs associated with this kind of job. Well, I don't think there is probably a typical profile, but some of the most common profiles of people in positions like mine are people with finance backgrounds who've worked in investment banking, for example, and really built a lot of quantitative financial skills. But there's just as many people who come from startups where they either they were an early employee or a founder, or they were leading growth or partnerships or something like that, or chief of staff, and they really understand how businesses operate, and it really helps them during due diligence. But there's another plurality of people, probably like me, who just are really passionate about a certain area, and they've kind of obsess over it and try to learn as much as they can network as much as they can and they build a mental model of the space and a network and some expertise in that space and they go work like a very industry specific fund like blue horizon or some of the many great all pro investors that you can find on the gfi website and elsewhere those are probably the three main ways in it's not typically something that people do right out of school although there are lots of internship opportunities that can turn into analyst opportunities, which are typically available for recent grads. So the few of those that are available, 
that's a great way in. But also, I think it's like a five-year, 10-year plan if this is something that you really want to do and just go do something that's really interesting to you and get to know investors. I mean, that's how I got my job is by getting to know the Blue Horizon team through my work at the Good Food Institute and that you get to know those people. And when there's an opportunity, then they can let you know and you can enjoy them then. It's not really like a place where there's usually lots of job postings all the time. Turnover is a bit rare and, and they're very small companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all very fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing your insights. We'll see what it's worth, but that's what it seems like to me. That was all the questions I had. Is there anything else you would like to discuss? That's probably the hardest question of the day. <laughs> Or it's something you want to mention on the podcast and something you really want to highlight? I would just encourage anybody who's interested in a career in venture capital or just wanting to understand how venture capital works, go to the Good Food Institute's State of the Industry Reports, read about what's going on in the VC space, visit the websites of the leading investors in the space. A lot of them have resources. There's certain books you can read like Venture Deals by Brad Feld that kind of highlight the industry. There's basically a whole ecosystem of podcasts and blogs about this space, lots going on in Twitter. So definitely an interesting area that you can learn about and follow if you want. All right. Well, I'll provide links to those resources in the show notes. And thank you very much, Nate, for taking the time to share your experiences. I think it will be very beneficial to listeners, especially people who want to learn more about the investment side of things. So thank you again. Yeah, Jeffrey, I'm glad to be on the podcast. And thanks for the chat. Hope some of it's helpful to your listeners. And I hope all of them find or maintain really amazing careers in this space. I hope to be in the space long term and, and work with all of them at some point. So anybody, feel free to add me on LinkedIn. Or if you see me at a conference, come say hi. Awesome. And I wish the same for all of my listeners as well. I hope you feel that this episode was worth your time investment. And I want to note that a career in investment is applicable to pretty much every industry. So if you have a background in investing and are interested in alternative protein, then you can help the industry too. This is yet another reason why there's a place for everyone, including you, to be a part of the alternative protein revolution. If you want to learn more about careers in the alternative protein industry, please follow the Cultivating Careers in Alternative Protein podcast on Instagram for weekly posts about episode releases, alternative protein resources, job boards, career advice, and so much more. A fantastic way to be a part of a network of alternative protein job seekers and employers is to join the Alternative Protein Industry Jobs, Careers, and Opportunities LinkedIn group organized by Talist where they post about job opportunities, career information, and other networking events.